Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen. And in various ways, our show asks the hard questions about Mormon polygamy and begs for an answer to the question, is polygamy a true expression of God's love? Before we get started today, uh, for those of you who know someone or maybe you yourself would like to find out some answers of how to escape polygamy, we can help you. You can go to our website, shieldandrefuge.org. You can also call our toll-free number, 877-425-9993. And our conversations, of course, will be held in confidentiality. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, or if you have questions about any of our shows, you can email us at email at whatloveisthis.tv, and we would love to hear from our viewers. And of course, your co-host, Earl Erskine, is here with us together Hi, as Doris. we share <laughs> what's on our hearts today. Oh, this is fascinating. This <laughs> More story. interesting things yeah. about polygamy, early Mormon polygamy, and, and how it's so different than the way people perceive it today. That's for sure. In fact, this particular show should be especially helpful for those who are currently in polygamy, as well as for LDS who hang on to the belief that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. People need to know that true prophets of God don't make prophetic errors. They don't make mistakes when it comes to proclaiming God's will for us and God's way to heaven. I've had conversations with many LDS yeah. folks and people from polygamy who maintain that early Mormon polygamists didn't really have it all that bad because they never read um, negative things about it and and they must not have liked the, display, the, the polygamous lifestyle. It was hard for them in those days, but it must have been okay for them. They lived their religion, they seemed to enjoy their lives and embraced their sister wives and were very sincere in living out their beliefs. Some have had the opportunity to read personal journals of polygamist ancestors and are adamant that they never spoke against polygamy or their polygamous leadership, so it must not have been as miserable as we painted out to have been. And as far as being morally wrong or against God's will, these pioneer polygamists were so sure that Joseph Smith was truly received a revelation from God to restore polygamy. How can we question or judge what they did? Of course, we can and should always compare what anyone says about God and especially what God says about himself. And that comparison is made using God's Word, the Bible. And because we know that what those comparisons are, we have the Bible that we can do it, we can in all good conscience know that polygamy was a delusion of early Mormons and not a revelation of God. Of course, keep in mind that in those early days, a faithful Mormon would never dare say anything against their leaders, against their doctrine, or against their prophets. And since it was their prophet, Joseph Smith, who started Mormon polygamy, and then Brigham Young and the others kept it alive, and well, few, uh, very few plural wives would ever publicly express yeah. their true feelings 
or tell about their negative experiences in polygamy. A good example of the fear that plural wives had of speaking out against polygamy comes from Wilford Woodruff's own first wife, Phoebe, and we've quoted her remarks in the past, but in context, it's certainly worth quoting again. Yeah, very interesting. From uh, Mormon polygamy, Richard Wagner, von Wagner's book, if I am proud of anything in this world, it is that I accepted the principle of plural marriage and remained among the people called Mormons and am numbered with them today. A few days later in a conversation with a longtime friend, she was asked, how is it, Sister Woodruff, that you have changed your views so suddenly about polygamy? I thought you hated and loathed the institution. I've not changed, was her response. I loathe the unclean thing with all the strength of my nature. But, Sister, I have suffered all that a woman can endure. I am old and helpless and would rather stand up anywhere and say anything commanded of me than to be turned out of my home in my old age which I should most assuredly be if I refused to obey counsel. She was terrified yes. to let her few feelings be known and of the punishment that might happen if she spoke negatively against polygamy. However, there were some who had had enough and they did get away and they were not afraid to express the realities of what life was like in Mormon polygamy, Mormon Utah, and the Mormon Church. One such woman was Fanny Stanhouse. She fearlessly published a couple of books about early Mormon polygamy and the Mormon Church and we want to share some of her early experiences and observations about early Mormon polygamous Utah. She knew the people, many polygamous wives were her close friends, and she witnessed behaviors, attitudes, and mistreatment that were a direct result of the pioneer polygamous life. So if you think that polygamy was good, noble, and godly, this information should help you understand that polygamy was just as ugly, secretly abusive, and emotionally corrupt and demoralized then as it is today. Polygamy is a false foundation on which much of the Mormon system is based. Two books that Fanny Stenhouse wrote are, one of them is an expose of polygamy in Utah published in 1872 and it was published at the height, that was oh, yeah. the years when the polygamy was just raging in Utah. Right. And another book she wrote is called entitled Tell It All, and it also exposes polygamy for the abuse that it heaped on women. And you can purchase either one of these books at Amazon.com. I got mine from uh, Utah Lighthouse Ministry, utlm.org. Yeah. Or you can Google the Internet where sometimes you might be able to find the text of either of these books and download the text to it. Fanny Stenhouse was a Mormon convert from Europe. She actually married the Mormon missionary who converted her. She later came to America and then to Utah with her Mormon missionary new husband. Her husband was eventually pressured into taking a plural wife, and it broke the heart of his dearly beloved first wife, Fanny. And that was the beginning of the end of the Stenhouse membership in the Mormon church. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Fanny Stenhouse was familiar with what polygamy did to families, especially to plural wives. And at that time, there were some busybody women who were roaming around and they went about encouraging others who weren't into polygamy to enter into polygamy. She writes this about that. Aiding and abetting these brethren and encouraging them in multiplying their wives, there is a class of good-meaning sisters who are always dabbling in other people's affairs and making love matches. These go around from one unhappy victim to another, 
talk to the poor, broken-hearted women to soothe and comfort them, and before they go away, they give them the very pleasing assurance that woman was cursed in the Garden of Eden and that we've all got the cross for to bear. And so the cross they're talking about here is polygamy. Is polygamy. These broken-hearted yeah. women, are, they're trying to get them to, to accept polygamy without question. And that is a lie that women were, were cursed in the Garden of Eden. And it's a lie that has rumbled its deception down through the ages. God did not curse the woman in the Garden of Eden. But he did curse the serpent liar who told them that they could become gods themselves if they disobeyed God. And it's the same lie that, or that he... That he Joseph Smith said that they will become gods if they live plural marriage. Polygamy is not a cross women must bear. They typically twist and then they, they, they use Bible passages to make their point for why polygamy is required, but then they attach claims that are totally unbiblical or contradictory trying to prove their false doctrine. Either use all the Bible precisely as it's written or none of it, but to misuse it and twist it is deceitful and that's what they've done. Mrs. Stenhouse said that the typical polygamous man cared little what his wives lived, that, that, that his wives, plural wives, lived in agitation and overwhelmed with the sadness and the bitterness and jealousy, knowing her husband is in sexual relationships with other women. And when Stenhouse made the decision to follow her husband to Mormon territory where polygamy was practiced, the closer she got to Utah, the more she dreaded finishing her journey to Utah. She said this, Polygamy, the knowledge that before long I should be brought personally within its degrading influence, had now for years been the curse of my life, and I had welcomed every reprieve from immediate contact with it in Utah. But the time had come at last when I was to realize my worst apprehensions, and I think at that time, had I been permitted to choose, I would have preferred to die rather than journey to Zion. Isn't that a heartbreak? Yeah, she hasn't. Terrible. She hasn't been confronted with it herself yet, yeah. but she has seen others, and she knows it's there, yeah. and she knows and it's she's going to face the, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Stenhouse had been lied to when she first learned about Mormonism. Of course, as always, and, and it was their practice, that the missionaries denied that polygamy was a practiced doctrine among Mormons and merely attributed the idea of polygamy to false rumors. But the time came when she discovered the truth. And this is what Fanny Stenhouse, Stenhouse wrote about her experience with the regular Mormon church and Mormon men. In the Mormon church, the feelings or sufferings of women are never considered. If an order is given to any man to take a journey or perform any task, his wife or wives are never thought of. They are his property, just as much as his horses, mules, or oxen. And if one wife should die, it is of little consequence. If he has others, and if he has not, he can easily get them. And if he is not young, if he is not young and fascinating enough to win his way with the young ladies, he is only to keep on good terms with Brigham Young or even his own bishop, and every difficulty will be smoothed away and they will be counseled to marry him. Definitely was a man's world, wasn't it? Yeah. In early it Mormonism, sure is. Mormon polygamy. And it's probably that way in 
polygamy groups. Yeah, you, it sure is. Yeah. And this was true in early Mormon uh, pioneer polygamy. Oh. It is true in today's polygamy groups. And modern LDS women can or consider women as inferior yeah. in the, uh, the male patriarchal culture. One day, as Fanny was in conversation with a plural wife, she discovered some information that had been unknown to her before this particular conversation. In fact, I find it so much interesting that so much of today's polygamy groups' beliefs and customs accurately reflect the early Mormon religious ideas, which proves once again that Mormon fundamentalists are the true Mormons, not the changed, watered-down, whitewashed LDS church system. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> this is what she wrote or discovered in her conversation with this other plural wife. You see, it is not always those who are first wives in this world who will be first in the celestial kingdom. It all depends upon the amount of sacrifice the wife is capable of making for her husband, her faithfulness to him, and the number of children she has borne him. If she pleases him in every particular and is good, patient, and above all things obedient to, his, to all his wishes and commands, then she is almost certain to be made queen unless the first wife is just as good, and then I don't know how they would fix that. And so you see, it is safer to be the first wife at once. <laughs> this seems like just a work of fiction. Of course, it is fiction. Yeah. Her husband had told her that all his wives were queens, that all would be equals, and this is talking about in, in, in eternity. Is it usually considered the first wife to be the queen? Is well, the... we didn't call them queens, but that was, it was the same idea. It was the same, it was the same thing, idea. Yeah. But, but she told Fanny that, that her husband was trying to deceive her by telling her all this and failed to deceive her because she'd already spoken with some of the old Nauvoo polygamist women who knew all about polygamy. They would be, of course, Joseph Smith's widows. Yeah. And they had heard it from the horse's mouth, you know, and all have his empty promises about what eternal polygamy was all about. They had told her that all polygamous wives <clears throat> will be subject to the first wife and the first wife who would have suffered the most will be the one who has gone through the fire and purified and found worthy and she will be the queen of all his other wives in eternity. I don't know if that means she gets to have more babies or, <laughs> or what that means to be queen but yeah, okay. at any rate that's what many plural wives were taught then and now. Aren't you glad we're not don't believe in the Mormonism? Aren't you glad yeah, we're not there strange. holding on to and this? And we've sugarcoated that old polygamy so much in, in the mainstream Mormonism. Mm -hmm. We've just sugarcoated that whole concept of And, and the, uh, the favoritism and all yeah. this queen bee stuff, you yeah. know. And, and, of course, they do have the beehive as their yeah, motto. So maybe it all fits in together. But anyway, and I'm glad they're not practicing polygamy in heaven. We don't even have to think about, about that. that. Fanny Stenhouse eventually was forced to face the horrifying prospect of sharing her husband. The early Mormon men were often counseled and pressured to take plural wives. Sometimes they were threatened to do it or guilt-tripped into it, um, caring nothing for the feelings of their first wife because their feelings didn't matter. That wasn't part of the equation. She wrote that watching her husband court another woman is an experience in hopelessness and bitterness that is known only in a plural wife's heart. And once again, I have to comment <clears throat> that polygamy is not driven by love. It is more totally void of love and is not a reflection of God's love. And that's the focus of our program name. What love is this? What love could even do this to someone else? It most certainly isn't the love of God, nor is it the love that God has commanded a husband is supposed to love and demonstrate for his wife. 
Fanny Stenhouse poured out her heart in honesty, explaining the emotions that she experienced when she discovered her husband was seeking another wife. She wrote this. I would prostrate myself in humility and repentance before the Lord and would plead for strength to endure and submit to his will. Then again, I would pace the room, my soul filled with rebellion and heartfelt curses against a system which had so withered and blighted all my life and had taken forever the sunshine out of my existence. Forever. How those words lingered in my thoughts, how they chilled my heart and left me utterly without hope. For we were told that eternity would be but a repetition of this life on earth. Polygamy, we were taught, was to be practiced in eternity. It was to be the celestial order of heaven. It was an eternal law. But if it was so loathsome now, how should I ever become reconciled to and happy in it? Good questions. Great questions. Valid questions yeah. that she's asking. <clears throat> and then again, of course, we know that heaven is not at all like they say it is. <laughs> she said that <clears throat> once he began looking for another wife, his attitude changed. Not against her. And uh, not against their children, but he was mentally absent from conversations and more often absent from home. Brigham Young and other Mormon elders were pressuring him to live up to his privileges, which is what they called taking a plural wife. And each day, as her husband looked for another wife, Fanny's heart was changed too. And she mm. writes this. For who can tell in words the deepest bitterness which the heart too sadly feels? Everything around me changed. Everyone I met reminded me of the miserable idea which had taken possession of my thoughts. All that before had seemed so bright and beautiful now revolted me, and my soul itself seemed filled with unavailing and unnatural hatred. I hated Mormonism. I hated the revelation. I hated myself, and I hated my husband. All that had been influenced by or in contact with the detested and accursed thing, polygamy, I utterly abhorred. My woman's soul within me made me feel that I should gladly stand aloof from that degrading horror and shake even from my clothes the touch of anyone or anything that had been polluted by any connection with it. Can you imagine the pain a woman feels when she sees her husband out courting another woman? Yeah, and this is just one woman's example. There, was just, there must have been hundreds of women that suffered uh, through multiplied this. Multiplied over this, through, yeah. down through the ages. Today, and, and it happens. And, it and happens today. The bitterness that comes from it, and nothing about God here yes. in Jesus. She's not resting at all. She has she no can't. trust in God, and you know. You know, Fanny knew that it was her duty to accept her husband's choice for a plural wife. She knew that as a faithful Mormon, she couldn't rebel against it. Although inside, she fought against it in deep agony. She wrote the following about devotion to the Mormon faith misplaced but devotion <laughs> i knew my husband's devotion to the faith and that he would not hesitate to make any sacrifice for it he would even glory in giving up what men hold dearest for the sake of the church and we had both been taught that what whosoever forsook husband or wife for the sake of the church it should be accounted to them for righteousness that makes me shudder <laughs> it, it when i read that it is so blind it's, oh. it's so brainwashed notice the church yeah, is the church, church. Yeah. righteousness counted to them if they forsake their own consciences for loyalty to the church 
Well, whatever happened to Jesus? You know, what happened to Jesus who said, thou shalt love and serve God only? The Mormon church is not God. What happened to Jesus who said, thou shalt not commit adultery? The same Jesus who said, there are no marriage relationships in heaven. So the church and the polygamy groups displaced and then replaced Jesus Christ with themselves. They did it then and they still do it today. We don't serve the church. We don't love the church. We are supposed to serve and love God. So her husband found his plural wife and Fanny, although wanting to scream no to him, could hardly say anything. Their religion didn't allow for the wife's feelings to be part of the practice, but she did write this about her husband's changed attitude. When once they have obtained the reluctant consent of their wives, it is astonishing how bright and cheerful these Mormon husbands become. Notwithstanding all that they have said, to the contrary, it is evident that polygamy is no trial to their faith. I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. They say that it is great a cross to them as it is to their wives, but somehow or other they take very kindly to it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, again, darn. <laughs> yeah. That's and, always and, a tongue in cheek thing in Mormonism, you know, even in mainstream Mormonism that the men are going to get their, these extra women mm -hmm. and have, have their pick of women up in heaven and something. I, that's that's just, true. And and admittedly, there are some men that, that struggle with the fighting and fighting of their wives and yeah. of the many, many children and the pressures and resource, you know, that they have to go through. But it's not the same. No. Uh, they, they they are not able to, to have the beauty of a monogamous marriage that God designed marriage to be. And so mm -hmm. they lose in that respect, too. But but still, it's not the same no. as when a woman is sharing not her husband. Not quite the same trial of faith. Not like the same said. trial of faith. And again, we have to go back. Faith in what? Yeah. They have faith in church yeah. and church doctrine. Yeah. But Jesus is not part of the equation. God is not mentioned. It's, he's not even part of it. No, it's so sad. Not then, not now. It's, it is sad. Uh, and, and Fanny Stenhouse's experience, uh, is she's, she's writing out the horror and the sadness that she went through. She, she had been with her husband for many years and followed him from Europe to America and had a family. And now she has to give up her proprietary rights to her husband. And the hatred, she, she just experienced hatred of polygamy as a typical woman in the early Mormon church and in women today. Same thing. Yeah, don't watch Sister Wives and think it's all okay because that's a lie. In fact, recently on two shows, we reviewed a book entitled The Ghost of Eternal Polygamy. And in that book, we discovered the hatred that LDS women today have toward the future thought of polygamy, living polygamy in eternity, that they are taught, they are required to live when they get there. They hate it as much as women in polygamy hate living polygamy today, and as much as the early Mormons uh, despised it. Isn't that a hateful way to get to heaven? I know. Uh, to, to have that hanging over their head. I know they figure mm -hmm. they're going to understand it when they get there, but still, like she said, uh, it's loathsome here. Why isn't it going to be loathsome up there? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so I can't help but ask the question when I go through things like this and reading the book of the Ghost of Eternal Polygamy. Why do females stay in the Mormon faith? 
You know, there's a lot. They, they still have a harder trial than the men do. They still have to to put up with this yeah. patriarchal nonsense. They're kind of locked into that same concept of, of commitment, and they feel like it's the true church, mm -hmm. and they've had good feelings and whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. To justify Joseph Smith's polygamy, many modern Mormons say it wasn't that bad for them because nothing bad is written about it by them. Well, first of all, they couldn't have read everything that's been written about early Mormon polygamy. And secondly, those polygamous wives were pro prohibited, as we talked earlier, about verbalizing their hatred of such a cruel and barbaric system unless or until they got safely away from it. And some of them did get out, and Fanny Stenhouse was one of them. And so we say again, what love is this? <laughs> that God, whose divine love took him to the cross to pay for our ticket to heaven. Then Joseph Smith comes along and desecrates God's love by saying polygamy is required for eternal life. And then the cross just fades away from the Mormon gospel message. You know, we're out of time to finish <laughs> part one, this part of, of uh, Fanny Stenhouse's experience in Mormon pioneer polygamy. So we will finish next time as we follow her story and find out what happens uh, in her husband's courtship and then eventually his plural marriage and the amazing conclusion when both Fanny and her husband's eyes were finally open to the deceit and the exploitation really? by their Mormon leaders and they saw the truth about Mormonism and the polygamy revelation. Um, and we'll talk about that next time. When I first read what she wrote about, and I won't give too much of it away because we'll talk about it next time, but, but she, she would just hated his plural wife, not the wife, but the, the plural, the, the, the practice yeah. of polygamy. So <clears throat> one day, just in desperation, she pulled out section 132 and read it. She said like she'd never read it before. Oh, hadn't she? People had told her what it said, yeah. and she had maybe opened it and read a couple of, of lines in it, but she had never read the whole thing uh, from beginning to end. Shocker. And she was shocked to her soul. Yeah. And if that other, if the starting polygamy was the beginning of the end, this was the close to the end when after well, she it's read. It's interesting. This, I think the date 1872 came up, and I think that section 101 which indicated that they only practiced, mm -hmm. had one wife, one husband. I think that wasn't taken out until like 1876, I think it? that's when it was, yeah. So here you have section 101, the old section 101 that's been taken out now, uh -huh. and section 132 in total contradiction uh -huh. to each other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't put section 132 in until they took 101 out. Oh, is that right? They had the I revelation, but they didn't make it part of the Doctrine and Covenants oh, until, until they removed 101. Learned something But new. it's still contradictory. Right. So next time we will be talking about uh, Fanny Stenhouse and her husband's experience in um, in the the Mormon polygamy of the early pioneer days. So thanks again, My Earl. My pleasure. We'll, thanks for having we'll me. We'll be here again next time. You know, Joseph Smith told Emma that she would be destroyed if she didn't accept his polygamy. And of course, polygamy groups threaten the same lie today. These lies about God result in a rejection of God when people do finally escape polygamy. One lie they tell is that the oaths and covenants made in the celestial marriage ceremony are binding for eternity, but they're not. God's love for you rejects polygamy for you. You can safely 
absolutely reject celestial marriage and every oath or vow you took and God will not hold you responsible because they are not valid or binding in God's true kingdom. There's only one thing that he does require and it is to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him trusting Jesus alone for eternal life. Polygamy is not the savior. Everything else is counterfeit. See you next time. God bless. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.